I'm a part-time rock star But I go to work and work hard I'm a part-time rock star No gotta work What's up? Welcome to episode 3 of the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast I'm your host, Brett Hope everybody's doing alright out there in the quarantine and stocked up on food and liquor and whatever else you need consuming as much digital media as possible Uh, I don't have much else to do except edit podcasts so I can finally get these done Uh, this episode is with my brother Dylan I got a little excited when he found out I was doing a podcast so I had to get him on he wanted to talk about some of my background in music so that was cool uh, after I get this done, episode four will be with my friends Taylor Polynomial, and then uh, episode five will be with Matt Harris of Ounce Pain, uh, my longtime buddy. That one turned out to be kind of a group podcast since we're all hanging out, and um, yeah, hopefully everybody stays healthy under the uh, circumstances and gets through this unscathed. Anyway. Episode three. He doesn't know what to do. So he's mean to me and you. But I'm a part-time rockstar. You're live, you have the floor. Alright, I guess I've got the floor. But uh yeah, let's just take a sip of wine here. Thanks for that and for having me as well. But uh I'm feeling a little nervous, you know. I mean it's one thing just to to listen, but uh now I'm here, so we gotta gotta go for this. Well, um, yeah, no, what's up, guys? So, I'm Dylan, Brett's younger brother. Full disclaimer, I'm not even a part-time rock star, even though we're on the uh, part-time rock star podcast. I'm a little bit of a part-time noob, I'd say, musically at this point, you know? I can get on there and do a little, you know, you know, Blink-182 on the guitar, but... Yeah, we're slowly teaching you how to play guitar here. One of these days I'll be a little more disciplined maybe and learn a little bit more, but I feel like until then I might as well come on here and grill you a little bit, see if uh, see what we can learn about uh, the great Brett Bueller and his musical career. Yeah. All right. What do you want to know? Well, you know what? Before we start that, there seems to be a common theme here, but um, I thought I'd pick up a couple things to maybe help knock the edge off a little bit. Oh, so, yeah. I don't know. I've got a couple uh, Jack Daniel shooters here with me. Well, what do you think? I think we'll work, maybe work that in there somewhere here. Just spent yeah. four nights in Austin. Yeah. Just taking it easy here, but yeah. We oh, can, uh, I thought I'd break out something silly, you know, something to throw you off guard a little bit. But, well, uh, Jack Daniels never threw me too far off guard. Yeah, let's might as well do one real quick, right? I actually got three at the liquor store. They made me buy three. I didn't, I, I, you know, I paid card and like it wasn't too, wasn't over the limit. Might as well do one real quick. Cool. Alright, here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Down the hatch. Mm. (laughs) Alright, now that's out of the way. Yeah, common theme in the family. Drinking, I guess, right? But. But luckily, there's other common themes that are maybe a little more productive, (laughs) like music. So let's get into that, man. Let's jump right in. So I want to definitely want to talk about the hollow truths. I mean, how could we not? We're definitely going to get into that. But before we do, I actually want to take it a step back. I want to figure out 
you know, where did the rock star Brett Bueller come from, you know? So let's figure it out, man. What, uh, when did you first uh, start getting interested in music? Well, I don't know, man. I think uh, when I was like 13, but I don't know. Never got interviewed about it all before. Right. So it's mostly our dad was playing guitar and taught us and me, and my brother, kind of how to play. And uh, I guess he would be the original part-time rock star. It sounds like he wants to get his, his own episode going as well. That's right. That's our so, dad this is. Yeah. No, you'll have to get him on here at some point. I think that'd be funny. So yeah, just started playing guitar, some friends and stuff, probably around that age. Yeah, yeah. Was there any um, was there any time? I always wondered. Did you always, as soon as you decided that you wanted to learn to play music, was it always guitar, or was there ever a point where you were thinking about like I want to play bass or drums or whatever? Well, I think when violin. You, I think when you start learning to play any kind of music, you usually try out a few instruments. Like Derek, our middle brother. I mean, we were both kind of on the drums there for a while. Yeah, actually, Until, wasn't wasn't Luke a former yeah. guest of the podcast? Luke Roberts, that is. Uh, wasn't he uh, teaching both of you guys for a little bit? Yeah, for a little while there, but then I started to suck, so I just started playing guitar instead. Yeah. And it worked out a little better. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. No, hey, everybody's got you know whatever floats your boat. But um, yeah, what um, was there like a first song that you learned that you can remember, like in like first song that you learned maybe all the way through? Let's just say that you like. I don't know, could really rock out on, like, the first thing you're like, just like, I want to learn this. Probably Nirvana or Blink-182. Yeah. It smells like Teen Spirit or something like nice. that. Can't go wrong there. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And then, um, I know, I mean, was the uh, family band probably your first band, more or less? Yeah, I think to kind of round that part out, it's worth mentioning that the family band was Derek, our middle brother. And my dad, and then another guy singing, and then we would just do 80s covers mostly. Right. Yeah. 70s too, I guess. Yeah, no, definitely. I wanted to mention that. Yeah, and as for me, the common question, well, where, where were you? Why weren't you in the in the band? I don't know. I, for me, I I remember when I was like six or something, I actually got a guitar, and I, I, I was kind of trying to learn to play, but I think I was like too young and, you know, whatever. I think you guys, in a way, just had such a good thing going that... You know, I guess I was just doing other stuff. You're too busy face down in the pool, swimming laps. Yeah, I was swimming and, (laughs) you know, doing whatever else. But but no, I remember it was always fun going to you guys' shows and listening to you guys practice and stuff. I remember there was at least a time or two where you guys set up the band in, like, the backyard and then, you know, just at, like, noon on a Saturday and then, like, the cops would pull up or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, good old days. Yeah, just messing around. But, um, yeah, and uh, I don't know, are are there any, like, funny times you can think of where – you guys in that band where you guys had like a little family feud almost or somebody was upset like i want to play this or i, well, I don't want to play this yeah i think derek and our dad were always fighting about what to play yeah and derek could only play the same ccr song like you know so many thousands of times where he get pissed off come on dad so play cool stuff yeah there's a lot of arguments over that mostly but yeah you know it's fairly typical i think Nothing too crazy i think i remember at least once you guys were playing down at the pool or something and i, I think derek had just had enough at a certain point and just kind of yeah it's, kinda i think that's the other thing up. is yeah dad would get a little excited maybe and start barking some orders and right derek, oh, yeah. derek was just not having that right yeah that no, that's no shot on derek like i can understand i'm sure you know I'm sure whatever happened was annoying but, you know it's <laughs> it happens yeah. but uh yeah that's funny but um i don't know i guess maybe a little aside from that i feel like uh I don't know. As a 
you know, from an outside perspective, I definitely saw some of this, but I feel like I've never really asked you about that much. But, uh, you know, I feel like you're you're a bit of a punk kind of as a teenager a little bit. Like I remember, you know, I feel like you had a little bit of just like that, you know, non-conformity about you, even if it was in well, simple ways. Like, I don't know, just like, oh, no, you know what, I'm not going to, you know go play in the church band right now. I want to go try to find some cigarettes or something, you know, like, so I don't know what, um, I guess, what do you think? Um, I, I guess relating it to music, like part of me wonders, do you think you just had a little bit of that kind of punk attitude just kind of naturally? Or do you think like whatever you happen to be listening to gave it to you a little bit, or it just, the both things just kind of happened and just kind of fit maybe. Well, or do you, or do you not say, think you're like a punk at all, really? Am I just, you know, am I No, nah, I, I have some punk blood in me still running a, a little bit, I think. And that probably came from my buddy, Mike, who kind of helped, I don't know, teach me how to play. And then we, once we both hit like the high school age, he got super into punk. So I just kind of followed along. And I guess, you know, since I didn't have a whole lot of friends at the time with us being at least partially homeschooled or church schooled or whatever you want to call it is a good way to kind of revolt a little bit yeah. and get out of that world. Uh, so I don't really know if I was initially just sort of following along or if, or if it was like an innate desire to, yeah. to find that type of music because I mean, I also really like metal. So sometimes those two worlds, they don't always go together depending on who you ask, but right. I always kind of like them both like the punk side and the metal side because with the punk side you get, kind of that attitude and you know the anarchism and all the fun stuff ideologically but then on the music side of metal you get you know guitar riffs yeah, and solos and, riffs and, and drum beats and stuff that you don't really get in punk yeah so i always kind of liked them both that makes sense yeah, even for me like yeah man some of those just like riffs and stuff and metal like some pantera or something like yeah that. exactly like, awesome it's like who cares what they're even singing about at this point like it's yeah, because that, that matters too. But you know, just yeah, great music. That was all Derek and I used to play. Yeah. Was just Pantera riffs and Slayer riffs and yeah, all that stuff. It's funny that that actually uh, brings us a little bit to something I wanted to ask you about. Wasn't there was there was some point I remember something like this. So there was a point where we had I think just kind of a family iTunes library that like we all used. And wasn't there some? Was it like Slayer maybe or? one of those metal bands and you were you were kind of trying to like hide the music so you like renamed it to like Soundgarden or, oh, yeah. or something <laughs> that like that funny. in the iTunes library I think there was always Slayer in the iTunes library but it was always <laughs> under just, like a different name it wasn't always the most yeah. right, approved of you know but uh especially looking back I feel like that's hilarious like like someone nah, I like, mean what was this Taylor Swift it just comes on like <laughs> dad would definitely freak out if we were listening to anything he didn't like Right. So, yeah. still to this day, we can't really play uh, ACDC in the house. True. I do remember some of that, too. You know, hey, so. for good good <laughs> intentions, of course, I know. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it is funny looking back, especially. Um, yeah, so, um, a couple other things I remember that I thought were funny were a few times where, for example... Um, I remember you guys just kind of getting the music gear together and like taking it up the street to like an old, you know, Matt Harris house gathering or something like that. And I know, uh, Matt's a good friend. I know you'll probably have him on at some point, so we don't need to, well, we'll save his stories for, for then yeah. probably, but I, I'm just curious what, what were some of those moments? Like, I feel like maybe some of those, those were some of your better early music experiences. I'd imagine just, you know, going to play a little neighborhood show, mess around, like, 
What are some of those like? Yeah, I mean, it's always fun. Any place you get to play. I mean, me and Harris have always kind of liked to just jam on acoustic songs or electric or whatever we come up with. We still need to write some songs probably one day, but I don't know. I mean, never going to turn down an opportunity to jam. Yeah, for sure. Maybe try to impress the, the neighborhood girls or, or boys or whoever, too. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I don't think I have a very long, long-winded answer to that one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we won't go into that. But um, yeah, all right. So this is another somewhat random thing, but um, I I think it's from about the same time period, and I think it's just too too good not to ask. But was there really a time you were gonna go try out for another band, and they happened to be in the, the great great city, great land of Dundalk, and you kind of went there, and you're driving around and. You, were, you just like turned around you're just like something's off here yeah i might have had a little bit of like a panic attack or something but uh i mean it was also the days before um your phone so like i was just trying to find some place in the hood with MapQuest, oh, yeah. and it just started getting like sketchier and sketchier and i just felt like i don't know i think i was just like 16 and barely learning how to drive right and it was like turn left here and you, you turn and then there's like a building on fire well, i was just like map quest like with the paper directions yeah yeah right so yeah i might have got a little a little sketch there right yeah so no it's all good man it, it happens you know but um so uh you know one thing uh because this leads us a little bit up to might as well jump into the uh the hollow truths a little bit more so this is probably jumping ahead a few years based on the time period we were just talking about but personally i, I remember um i guess that was what you know early spring maybe 2017 roughly when you kind of first came up with the hollow truths i remember you know just as your brother it was a really fun time period i remember you seemed just really you know excited it seemed like you had almost had some type of like you know catharsis maybe yeah. personally and you just i don't know were inspired but like you know, just what what was the insp- original kind of inspiration behind the Hollow Truths? Uh, there's a couple of ways I could probably answer that, but mostly I just always wanted to play music, and for a while I kind of stopped just to focus on work. And you know, this being the part-time rock rock star podcast, it's that's always the battle is between occupation and getting to play. And I guess maybe I just never had the balls to you know sack up and just be full time and maybe working as a safety net but uh, at a certain point I just wasn't playing at all Um, and I never wanted that to happen so I just kind of I don't know one summer I was like if I can't find a band to play in then I'll just start my own yeah I mean I talked to enough people who had done that that it didn't seem like that big a deal so just kind of I don't know went for it yeah definitely probably had a a dose of mania sprinkled in there back in the day too right but yeah once in a while I mean, you, just, you get that wild hair you know, yeah you just gotta and... just gotta fire it up yeah no i love it yeah i remember um i remember too you saying i think pretty what it would have been only about a year and a half or so i guess before the hollow truths that um that you played and I know I'm bringing them up again. We only have so many friends, guys. I'm sorry, but it's uh, it's Matt Harris's wedding. Actually, I remember yeah. basically you were playing with Dad and Derek, so basically the family band, and then plus another friend Ben, right? But uh, I feel like I remember you saying that was like a real moment where kind of got you back into music again a little bit, or excited about yeah. music again. Like there's mostly a guy who I'm not really friends with anymore that I just kind of randomly met at the bar one night, and we started like actually writing songs together. 
Um, and that really kind of got the, the fire going initially. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, so, you know, you obviously, um, I don't know, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, you're probably like, what, you know, 13, 14, maybe 15 when you first started playing guitar. So you had played music for a number of years and in some bands, but, um, but yeah, you probably didn't, um, you didn't really start writing music until I guess you're what about 26, 27 or something. Probably. Yeah. But I mean, I've always recorded like instrumental stuff with a dash of like death metal vocals or something over it just to make it fun. But I've always been interested in like recording just songs start to finish just yeah. seeing what you like the weirdest thing you can come up with is yeah no it makes sense and no, i mean it's you know definitely no shot or anything because i mean you know somebody who like you can barely follow a few chords you know someone else has made i'm always amazed that you know how you're able to come up with these riffs and you know these whole song structures and lyrics and, and everything but uh but was that something you felt you know was there a time where you kind of felt like maybe you lacked the confidence to, to try to write a song. You're just like, oh, like this. You know. Well, I never wanted to be a singer yeah. or I never thought I could sing. So, I mean, to me, it was always like I would write these full songs more or less on guitar with the idea of me trying to maybe sing over it or just find a singer. And that never really worked. I mean, I never tried that hard at it either, but yeah. Yeah. Eventually I just, that was where I, I guess I just said, fuck it. I'll just start singing, right? Because I, like I said, my other friend who was writing songs, he was singing, and he definitely wasn't a good singer by any means, but he would still try and still, you know, belt it out a little bit. Right. So that seemed like good enough for me. I was like, if he can do it, then I should probably try. Yeah, man, that's me too. Out at you know at the karaoke bar once in a while, you know, I'm a <laughs> yeah, terrible I mean. singer, but you know, once you get a few in you, and you're just you know you're feeling the music. You know, just sometimes you got to get up there and give it a go. Yeah, I mean, everybody can sing. It's just practice and effort and desire to want to do it in the first place. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, you know, um, yeah, what was that like, though, when you, like you mentioned earlier, I know with the Hollow Truths, you were kind of just like, well, I, I want to play music and, you know, I kind of want to start my own band and whatnot, so I'm just going to go for it and I'll write the songs and I'll sing them, but I mean, how, how hard was that, really? Like, having to all of a sudden be a front man, which is something you hadn't really done before. Uh, I think it was just something that just sort of happened. I mean, singing is always maybe scary at first if you're not used to doing it, but I always felt like I could write songs. So I felt like if I could just write like a good enough song, I'm not saying that I've done that yet, but, you know, just I felt like if I could at least try, then the song should be able to carry through more than whoever's playing it. Like, somebody should be able to maybe cover a song that I wrote, and it should be good. I'm not saying, again, that I've done that, but that's sort of the goal, I think, more so than talent alone. So, and that, and then just meeting, or getting to play with my drummer, Luke, initially, and then uh, our ex-bass player, Andrew, we both, or the three of us really gelled, and it was just super easy to write songs at that time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, I remember, too. I mean, what, your your first album, um, which is titled All I Never Wanted, right? And, of course, the uh, one of the songs on there is also called All I Never Wanted, but there's, there's what, like 10 songs on that album? Or is it even more? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember exactly, but... Yeah. 
I mean, I remember, uh, yeah, again, even as an outsider, like, it seemed like kind of a lot, you know, it was like, whoa, like, it seems like he's just, like, pumping out songs here, you know? Well, I just try to write one song in every genre that I knew with the middle ground still being rock. I mean, it's not like I was out there trying to rap or something, but, yeah. you know, reggae rock, um, just a standard rock song, country rock song, metal rock song, grungy rock song, you know, all under the umbrella of rock, but kind of from an angle of a a subgenre too like simple creatures like arguably just kind of a straightforward punk rock song right <laughs> yeah oh. alexa's trying to find oh, it already alexa wants to chime in dude the algorithms they're yeah have some something to say but yeah no i was gonna say too i mean that you know and i would imagine you're just getting inspiration from you know whatever blue pond had for you that day right <laughs> no like it's usually books books and little frustrations or little things that are just fun to write about yeah yeah no you mentioned books i know you're a big reader and, and everything i know we both like a lot of the same things but uh you know uh what's an example of a you know a book that really inspired you to write a song well in your music video debut which i remember or i'm sure you remember well um the song mother culture I mean, right. that that song is about a book called ishmael by daniel quinn Incidentally, Pearl Jam wrote an entire album about, which I didn't know until... Oh, copycat. Somewhat recently. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, yeah, cool, because I I submitted the song to the Daniel Quinn's website, and they were like, yeah, we'll we'll add it to the catalog. (laughs) That's funny. And I was like, huh, catalog. And then the top of the list was like, Pearl Jam. I was like, damn. Great minds think alike, right? Like, uh, And that reminds me, actually, Frank Turner. I know you're a big fan of his, the... um, British, what do we call him? British rock star. He's, is he from from Britland? Yes. Doesn't matter that much, but uh, I just want to get the record straight here. But um, yeah, that that just reminds me of a funny little tidbit. What, what was it? You, I know Frank Turner. He um, he regularly responds to fan email, right? And you had you had found something in a book, right? And yeah. You just you tell the story. I don't know. I'm like a super fan of Frank's and. Um... I guess I was reading On the Road by Jack Kerouac, which is kind of one of those books that sometimes kids have to read in high school. But uh, in my case, uh, I had never read it, so I was checking it out. And there's one uh, passage specifically that I really liked, and so I just underlined it like I do sometimes. And um, like the next week or something, I bought one of Frank Turner's albums, and to the letter, that passage was in the cover sleeve. So that kind of like freaked me out a little bit, and I had to like email Frank and be like, "Hey, man, like, <laughs> just want to let you know. I don't know if you care about this at all, but I thought it was pretty cool." So, um, which he responded to, and right. I don't know. It was just kind of kind of funny the way that worked out. Yeah, funny how the world works sometimes. But uh, yeah, no, that's pretty cool, and um, that actually just makes me think a little bit something that I uh, I think we should come around to a little bit. Our um, before we continue into the hollow truths more, but, uh, who are some of your other just, you know, big, uh, inspirations, like from a guitar playing standpoint or, or music in general? Uh, well, definitely Dimebag. Good old Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. Rest in peace. And then, uh, tasty riffs for days. Yeah. And then Stevie Ray Vaughan and Eddie Van Halen and Hendrix and all the kind of classic, classic rock guitar players. Yeah. For sure. And then Slash too. Uh, but 
Yeah, pretty much all those guys. Nice. I was going to say, um, one place in your music where I actually see almost a little bit of Hendrix is in um, Sweet Mother Culture, actually, the song. Because like, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about that song is I love how there's, it almost seems like you're kind of just playing the riff or playing the chorus or whatever, but then there's kind of like a big guitar solo almost just kind of thrown in. But like it totally meshes and it works, but it just reminds me a little bit of like a, almost like a voodoo child and or just yeah. Jimi Hendrix in general, <laughs> which I love about him. Like he's just, you know, like he was that yeah. good, I guess. He could just be playing like a full riff, but then literally mix in little almost like solo pieces within. Yeah. Which is pretty sweet. So. Well, no, I mean, I, I still joke to this, day that i just like writing songs so that i can figure out a guitar solo to play over it like that's what i used to do before was just even if there wasn't lyrics on a song i would just come up with the whole song so like figure out like just the perfect spot to put a good like a good a good wank as i call it in there nice um but we love a good wank mm -hmm. very nice but yeah so um so yeah that's good man but um yeah just I don't know, coming back to the early days of the Hollow Truths, I mean, we'd be, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Fishhead Cantina at some point. Yeah. Beautiful place up there in Halethorpe, Maryland. The old fish. But, uh, I remember some of those early shows, man, they were, they were super exciting. But, uh, you know, what, what, were, what were some of those like, you know, when you're first starting the band and getting out there, out there to play shows for the first time? Yeah, I mean, it was really fun. Um, I was probably too excited about most of them. <laughs> um but I'd never been like a, a front man before. So that's definitely its own element. Like I think when you can just get up on stage and play an instrument, you're, you can hide behind the instrument if you want in a way, but it's really the front man or, or front woman or the singer that's got to like really get up there and put yourself out there. Yeah. So definitely, you know, a couple of shots of tequila, for doing that definitely helps. <laughs> the only oh, tricky God, part is yeah. not not overdoing that one. Right. So. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it's still fun. I mean, that's why people do it. I think because it's a little scary. Right. Yeah. No, it seems like a ton of fun, but right. Also, it forces you to have to be on the mark. I know. Obviously, you don't want to get up there and make you know make a jackass of yourself. Yeah. You know, you're gonna try. I'm that. sure I have. Yeah. It's part of learning can't yeah. be afraid of it yeah no, it happens and um yeah no i was just thinking for um from like a frontman perspective i know we've talked about this some before but um you know how important do you think it is to interact with the crowd kind of whether that's between songs or even during songs but just to especially as an original band to kind of yeah i guess give them a little more i guess going back to your other question about starting the band in the first place like i mean one of the impetus uh, behind that was just being a little frustrated at other bands for maybe not talking to the crowd or not at least giving us like a little reason to care. Um, Cause I think I'm a musician, but also just a fan of music. So if I would go to see somebody's show, like I kind of hope they'll like clue me in a little bit about why their show is good. It doesn't have to be like overt or rah, 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 look at us, but just like, Sometimes a little blurb about just like, hey, this song's about this time we did this. Yeah. That, like, just that 10 seconds sometimes really helps yeah. me get more interested. I mean, you got to be good in musically. Uh, but beyond that, then it's about telling stories and trying to get people interested in them. Again, I'm not saying I've necessarily found my success at that, but 
that was definitely a, a strong reason behind at least trying to do it. So that way I wouldn't be like a hypocrite or, or a half-ass or whatever for not even trying to right. do it myself. Yeah. So if people want to th- throw rocks at me, you know, <laughs> I, I just still feel better about throw. I, yeah. I still feel better about having at least tried. Than, yeah, no, definitely. Than, yeah, and I think I think just you know having been to a lot of your shows, I think you've you've definitely come a long way in that regard. And and yeah, I know for me too, just having gone to different live shows and stuff. I mean, especially if it's a band that I don't know at all or I barely know. I mean, the the ones I I really remember or at least remember something about are usually the ones that give some kind of story, you know, some kind yeah. of lead in. I mean, um, like I remember there's this one, uh, there was this one, it was like a warp tour show I was at and, uh, the song was called like Dis- dispensary girl or something like that. And, but it was great. Like the guy, you know, it happened to be in Maryland, like at, you know, good old Meriwether post pavilion. But I think the guy's story was like, you know, first, you know, he gave, he said he was like from Maryland and all that. So that, you know, that's cool. But then he was talking about how he moved to California and whatever, had this crazy day, went to the dispensary, you know, <laughs> fell in love with the dispensary girl. And it's like, who knows, maybe he fabricated the whole thing, but that doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. I, I, you know, and I'm yeah. not saying I think he did, but the bottom line is, is, you know, is, it gets some attention and yeah. You can that, invent how the story goes in your own mind. Right. And then at that point, I'm actually able to you know, I was able to kind of follow the story of the song once he started playing it. And so, um, you know, yeah. And, uh, you know, I imagine it's tough to do, but I think you definitely got to keep well, trying I mean, to do I don't that. think it's that hard. You just have yeah. to care. And I think a lot of times yeah. bands, they just, sometimes it seems like they don't care about the audience. They just yeah. care about playing the song and right. then they hope you like it, which I guess is fair. But right. at a certain point, it's like, all right, we've all seen bands before and we've all, you know, and we might not have heard any of your songs before. So, yeah, I think that anytime I see a band that does try to like, you know, get the crowd into it in some way like that, it's just, I don't know, it just sets them apart. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, like you said, it makes complete sense. I'm sure some of that's just nerves, you know, maybe they're like, all right, well, we just want to play our song. We want to play it well. But I think part of it is maybe sometimes original bands rely too much on the song to tell the story, which seems totally reasonable. But one of the very practical issues I think, you know, I've just gathered as a, you know, just a fan or going to live shows is like, I mean, shit, half the time it's really hard to hear what people are actually singing. But even if you give somebody at least a little bit of a story lead in, you know, maybe that cues them enough to where if they would have normally not been able to tell what you're singing about, they, you know, maybe they actually pick up a few more words here and there. Yeah. So part of it's just, it just is what it is. It's, you know, it's not necessarily the band's fault all the time, but yeah, I think you got to give, try to give the fans something to cue in for. But yeah, so that's good, man. So yeah, so we've talked about kind of where the hollow truths came from a little bit but um tell us about the current moment what are uh, what are you guys up to now uh well we got about five songs uh that are coming out here on the 24th of this month or month which happens to be march so um within that uh well actually one of them's already out one of them called Weekend, which we have the oh, that's right. the video for, which music video, yeah. Hopefully, people can check out if they haven't before. Broke um, up with you again. Because, oh, sorry. I'll yeah, stop, I mean, I'll I stop singing. Didn't <laughs> come on to do that, right? Yeah, it's starting to sound like Luke. Because but... it was the weekend. That's great. Um, I remember when I first just you were practicing at the house one time, and I just heard that opening line. So just yeah. the opening line is, "I broke up with you again <laughs> because it was the weekend." 
And I, I remember just, yeah. I just like started laughing pretty much. I was <laughs> like, oh my God, this is, like, this is such a Brett song. But, but then I heard yeah. that rip and riff too. And I was like, yeah. this is sweet. Like, because yeah. I think part of me actually also remember when I first heard that, I actually wasn't sure if that was like an original song or just some song I hadn't heard. I was like, but this like riff is sweet. Well, I think it's you awesome, were, but... yeah, I think you were one of the reasons behind why we did a video for that song because you liked it. Hey, so, well, I was like, I'll take some credit, yeah. I guess, if it's there. But no, I mean, that was obviously you driving the ship. But uh, but yeah, so that's um, the song called Weekend. Um, so yeah, there's a pretty cool, or at least we think it's pretty cool, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> You'd be the judge. But there's a uh, music video up on YouTube. So you just yeah, search yeah. Uh, The I think it's our, Truths. It's our best one yet. Yeah. At least got to give Luke credit for those. Absolutely. For, yeah. Uh, for that video, show. for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's four other technically new songs, I guess I should say, which, at least in my mind, they've been around for at least a year or two. But that doesn't matter because no one's really heard them yet. So right. or maybe no one ever will, even after they're out. Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> but, who knows? Who cares, right? Um, the point is just to play some music. But, yeah, uh, yeah, one's kind of like a not quite reggae rock song uh, called Shareholders. It's a little bit more lighthearted, and uh, that one's just kind of about the end of the world, but right. but heavily a little, a little hippie, yeah, sure. a little bit, um, yeah. but definitely one of my favorites lyrically because um, I try to write it in a way that my favorite songwriter would have written a song, who was uh, Eric Peterson of Mischief Brew from Philadelphia, and he always had a very good way of having tongue-in-cheek lyrics about pretty pretty uh big topics yeah um and then there's you know some other ones in there too i think you had mentioned parasocial which is the right. uh the album title or the ep title yeah let's let's talk um, about that for a second just that whole concept where where did you get that from parasocial or pa- parasocialism shall we say <laughs> yeah, i don't know uh it's our our favorite comedian bo burnham um I was just watching one of his interviews and uh, he was talking about just that concept when doing stand up. And um, I just thought it was interesting. But all it really means is, is like a one sided relationship with someone, especially from afar. Right. So, so like, a, you know, like, I've, right. It's kind of like a modern day, like, like a social media stock. Yeah. Or, less, or would be. An yeah. If you're just, that. if you're creeping on somebody right. out there and they don't know about it but you sort of feel like you have a relationship with them. It's kind of like the show you like, yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah. yeah, It's like show you. It's it's a lot like that. We're like literally, yeah. Or even like something a little more benign where you just feel like you have a relationship with a character in a show, like a TV show or book. If you feel like you kind of have that relationship, then yeah. It's it's like, if it's real to you, then it's real. Exactly. So, That's kind of what that song's about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a fun one lyrically, at least. Um, tried to give it a, a pretty good go on the on the riffs, but yeah, no, that's a really um, cool one. I'm I'm a big fan. Yeah, definitely give that a listen if you get a chance. That's a cool one. And then I guess the other two. Uh, one is Bender Rainbow, and I'm trying to remember the other one. Well, part time rock. Song, oh yeah. Right? <laughs> we got to talk about that. So yeah. what, I mean, what, what is a part-time rock star to you? What, what, what does that mean? 
It's, it's so, the name of the podcast. It's the name of a song. Yeah, you know, somebody, somebody's got a job, but they'd rather be out drinking and rocking out, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Um, no, I I like that song. Um, it's cool we get to use it for the podcast. But uh, I guess I just kind of came up with that one one day while, while we were sitting on the beach. And um, we had a gig with a different band, uh, Ounce of Pain, um, Guns N' Roses tribute. And we are kind of sitting around drinking beers on the beach. And I was like, just trying to write a song about the day or the moment. And it was like, yeah. we're all part-time rock stars. Which I think, you know, it's cool because it, hopefully we can kind of like share that idea with other other bands too i'm yeah. trying to get like my friends bands on here so you know all the other part-time rock stars right. that i know yeah no i mean it's a struggle out here i mean you know, <laughs> i know at the end of the day most, i mean hey most people have to work you know and but if you want to play music too you know you're probably just going to be a part-time rock star at least for a while yeah i mean maybe one day i'll get a full-time rock star on this podcast but uh day. yeah Maybe one day I will be myself. Who knows? But yeah, I think that's actually funny. Um, I didn't think of them at all um, in terms of part-time rock star, but Ounce of Pain. We might as well plug them as well. They're they're still playing, right? Yeah. Coming up, yeah. So Ounce. So of Pain, we'll try to get know. Matt on here, probably. right? So Ounce of Pain is a super awesome Guns and Roses cover band in Maryland, in in the uh, the area. If you're local to here, and um, yeah, they play some you know kick-ass Guns and Roses more than just Guns and Roses though. So play yeah. some classic rock too, but but that's a great example. Yeah, and um. <laughs> But yeah, I remember yeah. you guys and those guys. You know, you guys always seem to have a ton of fun. You, you know, get up on there, get up, get up on stage with you know the wigs and everything, the slash yeah. wig, and just you know start rocking out. So get after it. Yeah, and, uh, love it. But yeah, that's. Um, I guess we're about getting on forty-five minutes here, which is usually like my. I don't know cool. general time frame. Do you have right. any final closing time? Yeah. You have I got final questions. You're or... supposed to be the singer. Why? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Um, tell us about uh, what are some upcoming shows? Uh, where, where can we find the Hollow Truths? Uh, well, we can find the band on just about all the uh, social vortexes out there, Facebook and yada yada yada. But um, we have one show on the slate now, Fishhead, on the twentieth. Cool. Which will be a Friday night cool. if so the uh, virus hasn't taken us out by then. Nice. So yeah, that's the the Fishhead Cantina, the aforementioned Fishhead <laughs> Cantina. Cool place, honestly. They good food. Yeah, we, we should probably do a stage out back. Do a commercial for them we too. Probably should, right? Yeah. Full disclaimer: they're not paying us <laughs> at the moment. So, but I think that's yeah. good too, right? Because that that doesn't make this illegal. But uh, anyway, yeah. So the twentieth. All right, Fishhead Cantina. Cool. Sounds good. Well, I'll be there for sure. And uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I guess uh, unless you've got any. Closing thoughts. I suppose we could uh, put a bow on it about here. Sounds good. We'll get you back on here soon. All right. Sounds good. And let's hold it here for a quick word from our sponsors. Are you a millennial living in your parents' basement who's struggling to record quality content because your parents constantly walk in and interrupt your musical creations? Would you like the opportunity to record songs destined for 20 Spotify streams in peace? Luckily, there's a solution for you. Shock Knobs. With shock knobs, we'll install an electric doorknob to your studio, so the next time your parent roommates decide to just barge in to tell you the lasagna's done, they'll feel shocked so hard it'll make them forget they had a message for you, and that you're 33 with no prospects of a stable job in sight. Call 1-800-SHOCK-KNOBS to get started. Hey, 
Anyway, that was a Dylan original commercial. Not sure if it was a pot shot at any certain person or persons, but I won't speculate. In any case, like I said, I should have the next two episodes out and edited this week. Not sure exactly when they'll be released, but hopefully soon. Thanks for listening, and thanks for Dylan for coming on and doing the interview. See you next time. So here's a